We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a midweek episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. Thank you for locking in, whether it's the audio side, the video side. Uh, today is Wednesday. Well, at least when this podcast is dropping, it's Wednesday. We're taping this on Tuesday morning. This is the second of six Buffalo Bills weekly mock drafts that we are doing. And as always, for this exercise, I'm joined by my good friend, Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Yo. What's going on, buddy, man? How you doing? I am so tired today, Pat. We didn't even Me talk too. about it offline, dude. My... uh Everyone in my house has been sleeping in way later than we should. We are rushing out the door every day. It is full, like yelling, like we got to go. And I'm tired when I get home. It's tired, uh, but I'm excited to talk about the bills. I'm excited to get back into the swing of things here. Uh, we had a half day yesterday in our school district, so it didn't really feel like a true Monday. So this is really like the kickoff of my week as a stay at home dad here. Now the kids are back in school and excited to chat with you. Um, but it's this March weather is driving me nuts. Cause when I was dropping those kids off, Pat, it was snowing and cold and dreary. And I'm looking out my window now and it's sunny and nice. And it's probably the only hour of sunshine we're going to get today. And I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm looking here. as you're saying, as if you're watching on the video, I'm not looking away from you, but as you started talking about the weather, it just literally, yeah. again, we're taping this at 9 30 AM on Tuesday morning, YouTube side. This will be available tonight. Podcast side, uh, Wednesday morning. But anyway, you talked about the weather. And I literally just five minutes before we started taping this, I put on Facebook uh, a very sarcastic, condescending tweet about or status about Buffalo. It says, yeah. you see, Buffalo, there's this thing called the sun. Sure, it's not out this morning, even though it was briefly. And in fact, it's only been out for all to see and enjoy in like for the past 68 days. Yeah. But it does exist in all of its glory, I think. It's up there. Oh, God, this has been, you know, we've had cold. We've had colder winters. We've had. We've had winters with more snow, and but we've never I, – I can't remember a winter where I've seen the sun less, like a season, I should say, where the sun's just been out less. Every single day has just been – has been cold and and, and has been glo- gloomy and gray. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I'm sure it's on averages uh, and that we're just living in recency bias, but it sure feels like it. Um, 
a big gardener here and I've been like slowly getting some of my early spring stuff into the ground and I'm just out here worried, uh, very worried and like throwing extra mulch on because it just feels unseasonable to me. I'm ready for the season to turn. Uh, but yeah, this is bad. March is the worst. Uh, I think October, that late October shift, early November is terrible because it's like it happens real fast and it starts to get real cold. And then this time of year where it is still lingering, these are the worst parts of the Buffalo seasonal shifts. Yeah, it's just and you really get that anticipation of nicer weather, which is coming. I mean, sooner oh. or later. And then to Buffalo's credit, man, it really the city. Then we'll be complaining it's too hot. I won't be complaining. <laughs> That is too hot. So we're going to get to a, a lot of stuff today, of course, highlighted by our second mock. Again, we're doing six of these, no trade. And by the way, if you happen to be watching this on the YouTube side, I don't know if it's StreamYard. I don't know if it's my connection, but my camera has been a little bit wonky. So I'm kind of, my image is going in and out. Hopefully that uh, that doesn't get um too bad. But anyway, like it's, we're not going to do trades again. We didn't do trades last week. We're not going to do trades again this week. However, next week in our third box, we'll start to work in some trades. We say it all the time. This is kind of an exercise, and I'm still at the point right now where I want to discuss some straightforward scenarios with the Bills, assuming that Brandon Bean doesn't move up or down the board. Um, I also want to get to a couple other things. For that, though, I, I, I just want to ask you this quickly because this was pretty big news on Monday. Lamar Jackson, and this isn't from a source, and you know this is lying season whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft. Sure. Um, he came out himself. So <laughs> the source is Lamar Jackson. And he says that he asked for a trade on March 2nd. Ultimately, do you think it ends up happening? And if so, give me one or two teams where you could see him playing with next year. Yeah, I don't know the odds on whether or not it happens. Um, I th- think you have to at this point if you're Baltimore. It seems like that relationship is beyond repair. It, yes. You know, what's kind of crazy is how it uh, has unfolded over the last like year and a half where I always really thought of Baltimore as this stout uh, organization that was just like their model worked. And no matter what they did, similar to the Steelers, like I think the Steelers get more have more success uh, in the NFL over the last 15, 20 years that people want to give them credit for. Like it's not the level of the Patriots, but their level of success should be probably admired and talked about more. Uh, Because that's hard to have that type of sustained success. But when you actually look at it, like Harbaugh has not been to the playoffs in a long time. This team has been sort of middling drought era team here for a little bit. Uh, They have not won playoff games in a long time. Like they're probably better than the drought era bills have been were or uh, at a time. Uh, But they're close. They're that type of team. They're trending in that direction of just, hey, you're kind of spinning your tires here. And then now your superstar, this is playing out publicly. Uh, I do think some of it is Lamar's side and not having an agent, uh, whether that's uh, legitimate or not. That is the world that the NFL works in. If you don't have an agent, these pe- there are sharks out there on both sides, and they're going to try to take advantage of that, whether that's uh, putting the narrative in the media, using those media connections. I don't think that Lamar has that ability. And so that's why you're seeing him out here. Tweet, you didn't really see that he requested that trade. If he had an agent, that news would be out there. That's where a lot of this news comes sure. from. And agents are snakes. They're liars. They will put something out there to try to just drum up what they think the popular narrative is to see if they can shift the negotiation, even if it works or not, whether or not it works. So um, it's a pretty messy situation for him right now, just to sort of preface all of it. I don't I really don't know if they're going to be able to get a trade to work out because you also have, are going to have owners really digging in their heels to not give all that guaranteed money. Right. Like there, this is a tight knit group. And once one chip falls, that house of cards starts to fall. 
and Cleveland already did that, right? Like Cleveland did NFL owners. There's all those memes out there. The rest yeah. of the NFL ownership hating Cleveland because of giving Deshaun that money. Um, I'm torn. I want players to get money. I don't know where it ends. I don't know where the salary cap ends. I don't know what's real and what's not. Uh, and so I want him to get his money. I think he earned it from that organization. I'm not sure he's going to get it. Uh, to me, the one that makes the most sense would be the New England Patriots. I hate to say it because I think they could formulate something that works and is special and can work with that old ass coach, Bill Belichick. I think they can make that work. I don't like it. I really respect Lamar. Uh, but that to me would be the one that you would a team that would be willing to just like F it. We got to go all in on something. This is available. Let's take our last chance. Bill's only got a few years left. It just makes sense to me that if you're going to have one team go all in on something, it would be them. Uh, but I've heard a bunch of other teams being in on it. I think anyone that needs a quarterback should be right. I have a sleeper team. We discussed it on the podcast on Tuesday with my man, Joe Yurden. He happens okay. to be a fan of this team. Detroit Lions. Football fit-wise, so if you're going to trade Lamar, let's just say you're Baltimore and it comes down to, all right, this guy's never going to sign with us long-term. We know that. We got to trade him. Mm -hmm. and But you don't want to. You're certainly not going to trade him inside the division. If you can get him out of the AFC, you might want to do that too. It just makes great football sense. You look at the Detroit Lions. First of all, they're a team that's on the, on the rise. They got right. two really good got... receivers. They have two first round picks. They have two first round picks. So they got tons of draft capital. They have the third most two cap seconds. room right now. They have the third most cap room in the NFL. So money won't be an issue to make it work. Again, he's a great player. If you're Lamar and you have any say at all where you might end up going at all, you probably want to get out of the AFCs. You're not trying to go through Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and maybe Herbert, a couple other guys. You get to the NFC and, uh, I mean, yeah, there's one the, issue with Justin the one Field? issue with the, the one issue with Detroit is Jared Goff had a hell of a year last year, and it's not like the dude's 37, he's 38 years old. He's 28 years old. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, he's, he's certainly replaceable. Keep him. Yeah, sure. Well, they keep, well I don't know their cap. Yeah, he's got the, his cap hit for the next two years. He's under contract for two more years, and at like 30, 31 million Oof. each year. So who's uh, going to take that? Then you're just going to have to eat yeah. some dead money. It's I don't know I don't know how it works man I don't know how it works. Yeah, look up just, his contract, but I just think I just think of Detroit and I'm like th that would be a really good sleeper fit for uh yeah for Lamar. They're uh, uh, I mean you hope it's not the Jets. They say they're out on that and it's fully invested in Rodgers. I would be more terrified of the Jets getting Lamar than I am of Aaron Rodgers getting Lamar. Right? Like I don't want him. The Patriots I can live with because I do think you can contain that. They'll be sneaky, annoying. Uh, make the playoffs some years, have the potential to go on a run. He's that special of a player. Uh, but with the Jets, that type of roster. And I have, I think the Lions are on par with the Jets in terms of if they get a quarterback, like watch out. That roster is just that missing piece away. Um, and they could be good enough to run it back with Jared Goff and make the playoffs in that division and continue to build on that and wait a year. But they, they might be a team that could go all in on something like that. They sure. gotta have some success soon, right? They sure. gotta get that fan and, base something. And they have again having two first round picks, even if Detroit doesn't trade. In two Lamar, seconds, you could yeah. just lose those and you're back to a normal draft. You have a first and a second. They they could easily take a quarterback with the sixth pick of the draft. You know what I mean? And and even if he sits for a year or two, because Jared Goff is, is good enough. Detroit's a team to monitor. I think ultimately Aaron Rodgers is definitely gonna end up in the when it's all said and done, he's going to the Jets. And uh, what's the holdup though? 
Why has it got to be dramatic? Oh, Green Bay's in no rush. rush. They try to get as much as they can, try to extract as much as they can. Just like I feel like, and we'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins in a few minutes here. What's why, why does Arizona have to rush right now to trade him? You know, what's the what's the motivation for Arizona to hurry up and get it over with right now? You know, they're going to wait for somebody yeah. to maybe bend or crack and give them the best offer. I think that's what Green Bay's I just trying think it's all to bullshit. do. We're all, we're all adults. You know where the offers are going to go. We're not. Everyone bullshits each other, man. That's all this is. Everything's a bunch of bullshit. I, I agree, man. But anyway, Lamar Jackson, that's going to be a fascinating thing to, to, to see over the coming days, weeks, maybe yeah. even uh, – um, months talk some Buffalo Bills, some news on Monday. I'm going to be honest with you. So the Bills signed Taylor Rapp, uh, yeah. the safety from the Rams, a one-year contract. Yeah, I didn't know he was still out there. Yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know all the free agents. Like I can't sure. go up and down the list like a lot of other people. But he's a name that I realize recognize right away because mm-hmm. I remember doing some studying up because I thought for sure Jonah Boyer was gone, and yeah. I thought Taylor Rapp would have been a very reasonable replacement for him. Turns out Boyer resigns. The Bills get Rapp anyway. He's only 25 years old. He's a yeah. former second round pick in 2019. You know, it's easy. And I, and I tweeted about this. Uh, PFF graded him really well. And it's really easy to fit the narrative. Stop. Like when you sure. want to use their grades for, sure. you know, to talk up a player, you, you talk PFF down. When it, when it's a, when they give them a shitty grade, you know, you kind of put them on blast, whatever. But for what it's worth, like I said, he graded really high with them. Yeah. Feels like a pick that's going to get him really good depth right now. Um, there's some looks that they can use them in right now, even with Iden Boyer, if they're both stay healthy. And also it's a chance to, uh, you know, potentially he's in the system for a year and he can become the long-term starter if Hyde or Boyer are, are gone after this year. I don't know. Your thoughts on yeah. Taylor Rapp? I think it's a um, a small win in free agency at this point in free agency. I think those are good. You pile up again. I'm pretty sure I said on your show last week, uh, just slowly improving depth, improving on positions, improving Mm -hmm. for the future, getting younger at spots that you're trying to improve on and getting guys that you believe are ascending players. In my opinion, that's a really good strategy when you have a good roster and you're trying to incrementally change to get over the hump. Uh, But at the same time, and we'll talk about the Hopkins stuff, you are also seeing the ability, at least the willingness to have some aggression. If if there's something out there that is going to be a home run, but if you're not getting that pitch down the middle of the plate, Brandon Bean's happy to take singles. He's happy to take singles and even look at a few balls. Like he, there's been guys he's been in on and he's let go. And I think there's been some disagreement with social media is willing to make those moves and people are frustrated that Brandon Bean didn't. But I think when you step back and look at this offseason as a whole, including this move for rap, you look at, hey, he's been conservative so far in caring about the comp picks, which is some of what people have wanted, knowing that yeah. you lost Tremaine Edmonds. So there's a conservative nature to this uh, offseason and uh, definitely trying to get that additional asset. That's a good thing while still adding to the depth and getting those young ascending players. So I think it's a shout out to the pro personnel scout uh, department. You see guys, I know I puff them up all the time, but Eric Turner, he really knows what he's doing and he's really in tune with this team. And you can think he's a homer or think that we're, we cover one of our homers a little bit, but he finds what players can do. And you see why the pro personnel scouts, that's what scouts are looking for. They're not looking at the things that players don't do well. They're looking on tape and seeing what can they do and how does that fit into our system? And all these guys seem to fit real nice into the needs that they had going into the draft. And so that's exactly how Brandon Bean wants this free agency to play out. Um, and, but it'll be interesting to see, cause I, th- I think the hot name is Hopkins. We've been riding on that. It was OBJ for a while. 
regardless of what Brandon Bean's saying about whether he's in or not on these, it seems like there's a lot of smoke surrounding the Buffalo Bills being in on anybody that becomes available. They're at least kicking the tires pretty heavily on any big name that comes available. So it might not be Hopkins. It might not be OBJ. Other guys are going to come available, shake loose, whether it's after the draft and training camp. I expect the Bills. I've said it since the season ended. Brandon Bean's itching to get another big name on this roster, but that's why he's got to do free agency the way he's done it so far and structure things the right way. I really like the signing of Taylor Rapp. Look, man, <laughs> last year you look at the safeties, and we don't know how Demar Hamlin's going to be if he's going to be. There's a lot of game. question marks. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of question marks. But all I can tell you is this: I, I just and I, and to be fair, I have not seen fans complain about the signing at all. But no, for not those at all. out there who might be. This like, one's been pretty universally. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's let's not forget, you know, Dean Marlowe and Jaquan Johnson yes. and, and Cam Lewis having to be back there. You know, this is a big upgrade with no other reason than depth, just alone. And this team yeah. and go ahead. I well, a couple other things on it. I think Von Miller played with them. So I think you get maybe a little bit of GM Von Miller in this. Like I would think that they talked to him about mm-hmm. this, having played and gone on a Super Bowl run with this guy and, and started a number of games. So I think you get a mentor in the room probably vouching for this guy uh with the staff whether or not that has say or not i don't know but you're talking about the unknown of hamlin and beyond that part I, there is as much as, as excited as i am to get uh jordan poirier and micah hyde back together and put on another run for a super bowl they are hitting ages where missed games are a real thing managing that yep. workload is a real thing like jordan poirier really battled through an entire season last year to be in there like i kept saying on our pod he was held together with braces and duct tape by the end of the season like he was a shell of himself towards the end because he just physically was injured like he couldn't do some of the things that you expected him to do um now you have a guy where if there is some of those dings and dents you maybe have a little bit of more leeway where you can rest the guy you can sit a guy i'm not saying play your worst thing but have it on more of a rotation or get some snaps off um, certain personnel settings, bring in a guy that, you know, uh, Greg Thompson loves the thick dime. Like he wants that additional DB on the field. I think this is a move that says, Hey, now you probably have more of that flexibility. This guy plays at every single level of the defense. He's got snaps everywhere. You can move him around like a chess piece and have Taron and Taylor Rapp with Micah and Jordan Porter playing their safety games behind. Uh, it just adds a new level and a wrinkle, at least on paper. I don't know how much the Bills will actually do all the stuff we're projecting in our brains, sure. all the galaxy football stuff we're coming up with. But at least uh, you see the vision. You see a player that can come in and do that and isn't necessarily relied on to be a starter, but could be in the future. Getting him now, getting him in the building, you get that first right to make an extension with him if he plays well for you before he would even hit free agency next year. That would be the ultimate win is you get a little bit of playtime from this guy. You see that he could be the future. You get him, maybe Hamlin comes back too. And now you're robust at safety where three months ago it was like, dude, we don't even know who's going to be lined up at safety next year. Now you have a little bit of a, a buffer there. It's a good move for that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, man, last year, D Marlowe was inactive for a bunch of weeks and then he gets to the playoffs and he's got to start. I mean, it's just, uh, I really like what the bills have done in terms of role players and depth yeah. so far in free agency. Brandon Bean did say on Monday, I mean, he confirmed that the Bills, he, he projects them having a, a third-round comp for losing Edmonds mm-hmm. and basically said, I, we ain't signing nobody yep. who's going to put that in jeopardy right now in free agency anyway. So, Yeah, so kudos that. to all the comp fans yeah. out there. It's your year, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Shaw, also news from Monday, Sean McDermott more or less confirmed that he they're not going outside the building for any defensive yeah. coordinator. 
and that he is going to be the one who's going to be calling the plays. Uh, I don't think that's surprising at all. Do you think you don't think that's surprising to you? No, that wasn't news. And I agree with him that it's uh, him and the staff. This is a good staff, regardless of what people want to say. Leslie Frazier was a good coach, too. Uh, there's a lot of guys with a lot of experience on this staff. Um, I trust it up against anyone in the league. So um, I'm excited. I think the big excitement going into the season is what will be the differences. I think like there has to be. They're two humans making play calls in a moment. Like you're going to see maybe McDermott leans back towards his aggression when he was a play caller. Um, I think that could be really interesting. There's some players on this team that I think play well to that and that style. So uh, it'll be an interesting offseason from the perspective of the unknown. Like, how does it change it? Or are we just going to see the same thing we've seen? And it was Sean McDermott's defense all along, and that's just what we're getting. Uh, that's the storyline to me, I think, is the most intriguing. But not news in that. I think we all anticipated that playing out this way. Agreed 100%. So we, we mentioned DeAndre Hopkins a few minutes ago. There's been a lot of smoke now for weeks. Yeah. That the Bills were the favorite to land him in a trade. Brandon Bean downplayed that talk on Monday, which whatever, I don't care about that. I know how GMs operate. That doesn't really move the needle for me, whether I think the bills are going to ultimately land Hopkins or not. Aaron Wilson, a very credible reporter insider last week said that the bills were the front runner. I know a few people who were expecting, and maybe they still are expecting DeAndre Hopkins to end up when it's all said and done in Buffalo. I will say though, Again, being kind of downplayed it on Monday. And then late night on Monday, Tim Graham tweeted that unless something significantly changes, Early the Bills morning. are not trading for Hopkins. I mean, he didn't say, I don't expect. He said the Bills aren't trading for, for Hopkins. Yeah. You and I both know Tim fairly well. Tim doesn't yeah. just throw shit out go. there for uh, for effect. You know what I mean? He, he does his homework. If nothing I... else. Yeah, it was a uh, early morning. Technically, it was like twelve. Yeah, oh, right. Oh man, and listen, he might have been home on the couch or at his desk. He might have been at Elmo's on his tenth flight of beer. Who knows? No, if he's at the, <laughs> uh, my Tim, guess is when he, when he puts something out there, I, I tend to believe what Tim yeah. says. It's, I'm guessing Tim's you know, out at the owners' meetings. That's a, these are the places to be. This is where um, I want to give people with credentials a little bit of um, kudos in sure. that I, I don't believe there's a huge advantage of access to credentials i'll come out and say it but where i do think there's an advantage is some of the things of uh i think every, you can get them for the combine but getting to the combine and being in those means and the networking uh the owners meeting is a big one that i think yep. a lot of people in the blogging community maybe overlook where there's a lot of access you have every decision decision maker from every team in town it's the same type of thing as the combine they're out at the bars too and out eating dinner and i do think there's something to building those relationships that matters in being able to confirm information and get good stories. And I know Tim is, I respect him more than anyone uh, th that is out in sports journalism. Uh, he, I know he's there to help people. I know that he believes in at least in the integrity of the things that he's reporting. Absolutely. Um, and so I do think he got this information, uh, but also like to your point, it is lying season. I, it, this also is nothing new. This wasn't news necessarily. It's just that it's coming from the most legitimate source that is talking about these things. And we know where he is and probably who the people he's talking to are. Uh, but we heard that the Chiefs were going to be out because of the uh, uh, they weren't going to be willing to eat any money. As soon as they said, hey, these three teams are out because Arizona is just unwilling to eat the money. My signal is like, well, then how are the bills in? 
right? Like this doesn't make sense. I know the cap's not real, but geez, guys, like right. this doesn't make sense otherwise. So that's not news that Arizona is probably being a little bit, um, they're dug in probably a little bit more than they should be on what the actual market value is. That's either going to self-correct or they're going to have a really messy off season. Like there's nothing Brandon Bean can do about that. I think if they're willing to be reasonable, the bills are still going to come back in as the top trade can contender, but it sounds like the rest of the NFL is on the same page with the bills. Arizona's just way too dug in on what they aren't willing to eat in cap and what they want in draft capital. And that doesn't match up. And the bills are going to say, Hey, we'd love to have you Deandre, but until you figure out this bullshit with your team, like we're out. Let's just operate for the sake of discussion right now. I mean, this is, uh, we're going to lean into a mock draft. Let's operate under the assumption that the bills don't end up trading for Deandre Hopkins. Let's say Hopkins sure. ends up going to, I, that's Dallas, how I'm operating Cleveland. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> doing it that way. Yeah, all right. Sure. And we'll also operate under the assumption that they don't sign Beckham, which I don't think is going to happen. Cause I don't, I don't, we're making those... currently no more moves from Tuesday morning at 10 AM. Right. The right. roster is Taylor wraps the last move signing to the draft. Let, let's just operate Team under that is. premise. Wide receivers, if, if that doesn't happen, if they don't get Hopkins, they don't trade for him, they don't trade for him during the draft or whatever it may be, and they decide that we need to add a weapon and it's sure. going to have to be a rookie now through the draft. Talk about a couple guys here. Now, JSN, the, the kid from Ohio State is going to be gone. Let's not bother talking about him. Um, Quentin Johnston, I, I don't think he's going to be there. Jordan Addison from USC, very likely not. Um, three guys that I wanted to get your specific thoughts on. Okay, Two of them might be there at pick 27 uh zay flowers from from boston mm -hmm. college and josh downs from north carolina name yes and i'm starting to hear more and more about those are potential mid to late first round guys mm -hmm. um tank dell is a guy that probably is not going to go in the top 27 but he's also not going to be there at 59 either so maybe yeah. you move down or move up in the second round whatever it may be but those three are the receivers that kind of want to get thoughts from you on flowers downs Dell, if you if you like it, do you like any of these three specifically? Do you think they would be really good fits for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I like them all. You know what's kind of crazy to me is I I'm very interested in the shift at wide receiver this year and how it's perceived. Um, all college football season long, I heard this was a bad class for wide receivers. That this was not going to be a class. And I do agree that it probably doesn't have the ultra high end Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson necessarily that's going to come in and be a top five receiver almost immediately that that might not exist. But I think in comparison to last year's or say it take over the last eight years, I think it's right on par in terms of like how deep this class is in terms of productive NFL wide receivers coming into the league all at one time. Um, it is a little bit undersized of a class, so it would be nice to not necessarily get in on a guy that, maybe people think are one dimensional, but I think some of that's changing too. Like I do think Zay flowers can play a little bit everywhere. I think people are pegging him. He could come in and be a slot type guy, but I think he can play a little inside outside. We saw that with Deontay Hardy. I mean, this guy's five, six and they were still playing him inside and outside. I think creative offensive play callers are sort of shifting that around in the NFL, but these are some undersized wide receivers that we're talking about. So I think that might be the knock on them, but we just rattled off. You just rattled off what four guys ahead of these guys. And now you rattle off another three that are projected in this possible first round. Mm -hmm. It's like six, six dudes in the first round. And then we're shitting on this wide receiver class. Like, well, the class isn't that good. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm torn on where to, how people place value on wide receiver, where to do it and when to do it. 
because uh, I think there's a lot of options to get guys. We're talking about trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I think you could look at any dude in the 2024 free agency class, and those could all be trade targets because the value wide receivers teams don't want to give them big contracts because you can draft one. There's always a plethora of them in the draft. Or do you just take that guy if he falls to you at 27? I like all these receivers uh, to get to the point. I'm sure we'll talk about them some here as we get into this mock. Um, it depends how the board falls at that first pick, but I like them enough to add them to this team right away and I can see the vision. So it depends how the board falls and where things are at. Uh, but I think the Bills, that's what Brandon Bean has done now. He set himself up with a lot of options to add that best player available in those first couple rounds. What happens if the Bills do nothing at receiver? Let's just say they don't trade sure. for Hopkins. Let's say they don't even draft a receiver until maybe round four, five, a, right. devel- a developmental guy. Yeah. How satisfied, how good would you be with this unit as it stands if the Bills go basically into week one? You got Diggs, you got Davis, you got... Shakira. Hardy or Shakira in the right. slot. You got Trent Sherfield, a, a, a kid who I actually kind of like a lot. Yeah, That's yeah. your receiving unit right now. Right. The Bill, if the Bills were to do nothing at wide receiver, let's say they decide we got to address linebacker first. We got to address the defensive line more. We want to go get ourselves a right tackle. We really like to slip to us in the second round, whatever it may be. Yep. And it doesn't work out. They don't get the receiver and they don't trade for one either. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it could happen. If sure. that does, how are you going to feel about this team right now with the wide receiving position? Um, assuming nobody gets hurt, I'm good, right? Like I, I think if you roll that out as a starting group for the season and nobody takes significant injury, I'm good. But to me, it's reminiscent of sometimes uh, how the defensive backroom has been just a hair thin and that can spiral out of control on you real quick. And you're pulling guys off the street and you're struggling. I mean, we were there last year with the wide receiver room a little bit, right? Like bringing in John Brown, bringing in Cole Beasley. You were, you were really grasping at straws to get some production going. It'd be nice to have a little bit, at least more depth and promising depth that could come in and give you production this year if needed in a situation like that. But if I could promise Gabe Davis isn't going to get hurt and Khalil Shakir is going to just you know continue where he is. I like this room. Um, I like the additions of Hardy and Sherfield. So uh, I like what they've done to round it out. But yeah, I want more. Uh, and I'm also willing to say more can be that top end talent. Like I, I think the sky is the limit for where you can go. But bottom, you know how I like to talk about the floor all the time of this uh, team. This was a good offense a year ago. And I believe that a lot of the problems on the offense was the lack of utilization of guys, not just in that wide receiver room, but tight end and running back as well. You've added to those weapons uh, in the running back room utilize those guys. And I think you could do something as long as everyone stays healthy, but I'm always for advocating for adding more, especially while this window is wide open. One let's, la- get, let's draft. Yeah, go ahead. One, well, one last thing then we're going to draft. So, you know, the bills always going to drafts where you could see one or two, maybe three needs per sure. se, but at least in recent years, they've had plenty of talent. I can't remember the last time I've seen a more glaring need on, on this football team than we, than we see right now at middle linebacker. You could sell me right. on the wide receivers. You could sell me on, you know, the defensive end or the defensive tackle position needing an upgrade, or you could sell me on, let's run it back. This this team's good enough there. I don't give a shit if it's Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean or Aaron Quinn or Greg Thompson or Joe Marino, Bruce Olin, you name it. I don't give a shit. Anybody who tries to tell me that the Bills are going to go into training camp with the battle between Terrell Dodson and, and Terrell Bernard for the starting middle linebacker job and maybe Spectre in the mix, I think you're nuts. It ain't going to happen. They're going to find a middle linebacker in this draft. Are they going to trade for one after the draft? Something I don't know. 
But this team has a glaring hole right now at middle linebacker. It ain't Dodson. He's not the guy. Or Bernard. I just don't believe it. How do you, if you're not, if you're not valuable enough to your team to, as a rookie, I'm talking about Bernard here, to even be on the active roster for the playoffs, then you're going to become the team's middle, starting middle linebacker on a you know team with Super Bowl aspirations. Bro, I just don't buy it. Not not in one year like that. Sorry. Um, you don't agree. <laughs> I can already tell. Well, no, I'm torn on it because yeah. I'm I am actually really intrigued about Bernard. Um, I've been critical of the pick, but they did spend a third round pick on this guy, right? Um, we've been critical of the Bills for not being willing to play their rookies. Uh, we point to the Kansas City Chiefs and say, "Hey, look what they did! They trusted in rookies in third round, fourth round, late sure. round picks." To come in and do it, you invested this capital on this guy. Like, go out and play him. Like, and I do think uh, I alluded to earlier that one of my excitements for this offseason was seeing that maybe the transition to a more aggressive defense from Sean McDermott. I think Bernard plays into that. Like, uh, he thrives in creating some havoc and blitzing and just sort of the way Milano does, like playing with his hair on fire a little bit. I don't think he's a guy that you want back reading coverages. So, um, and I also think you could work with a couple smaller linebackers if they continue to get bigger up front, which they haven't done yet. But I do think you could address that maybe a little bit in this draft and, and maybe change your philosophy on defense a little bit to having more of a cohesive unit in smaller athletic linebackers and a nickel and bringing in a Taylor wrap and kind of merging more towards that hybrid defensive back is a unit and not individual pieces type of a game plan uh, that could signal that. And he could be that player. Um, so I'm a little bit torn on, Hey, this guy's definitely not worth the pick he was at. And he what, didn't play last year. So he sucks, but I understand that hope is not a plan and we don't know that he could actually come in and be productive. So I understand the idea that it's a need. I still have it as a huge draft need, but I, I do see a scenario where what Sean McDermott said yesterday is true and they roll into camp. Maybe they add some guys for depth and camp bodies to get through, but that they want to work this out. And they believe getting Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde back together leaves one hole. And while we see it as glaring, they believe that the talent around it can hide that hole. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn from Cover One. All right, man, enough talking here. Let, let's get into the mock. First, I want to pull up last week's uh, mock draft. This was our first. If you watch us on YouTube, the screen's up. That audio sound, I'll read it off to you. Um, round one, we took linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa. Second round, Matthew Bergeron tackle from Cuse. Third round, tight end Luke Shoemaker. Uh, fourth round, defensive end Yasir Abdullah from Louisville. Fifth round, Broderick Martin a defensive interior lineman from Western Kentucky. And then in the sixth round, our last pick, we took a safety, Brandon Hill. You know, I was just about to sarcastically say they're not going to do that again This, this uh, based on apps or a rap signing, but that's bullshit. When it gets to the late rounds, you just take good players and, and you'd work on developing them. BFF did not like our draft, bro. Great of no. a C. And that's because largely Jack Campbell is considered a reach, at least in mock draft simulators. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so... That was our draft. I liked it. I went back and I started watching we might do it again. On, on Campbell and Bergeron. And I'll tell you right now, if we did five of these drafts and we came away with those two guys with our first pick five times, you wouldn't hear a complaint, at least from me anyway. But uh, mm -hmm. all right. So let, let me get this all set up here. If you're watching this yeah, on the YouTube side, get the right screen here. Is that the right look? I can't remember. I, I, who you're cares? asking the wrong guy. <laughs> All right, so let, let, let me pull it up here on my screen. So we got the seven-round mock draft. We're using the PFF model. Um, we got all the settings. I already did them. So let's just start the draft. Let's get going here. And uh, the bills will be up. We're not going to worry too much about the other picks. I mean, we'll go back up and, you know, scroll up and, and see what went each round. Uh, yeah, and I'll try not to be too indecisive. This time, say flowers <laughs> gone like you predicted. Oh man, this guy uh, Darnell Wright continues to creep up. Um, I was yelling at people like tackle two ago. This is what I hate about from Tennessee, who went twenty fifth in the mock. But for people listening to uh, the New York yeah, Football sorry. Giants, uh, this is what I hate about draft season, dude. I was a month ago, two months ago, I was yelling at people for passing on him in like live mock drafts in our uh, Cover One DM group. And mm -hmm. now, now people are saying like he could go in the teens. Like it changes so much based on really not like what changed about Darnell Wright. You just got more accurate information. I guess I don't know. It's kind of crazy how guys just leap up boards like this late. Like this is late in the game now, and that bums me out because he was a guy that I would loved for the Bills pick there. So, um, who's on the board? Who do we have? We got. Well, I also want to say too, Zay Flowers, a guy, a guy that we talked about, yep. went twenty-two to uh, the Ravens, so he was gone. Bijan's um, gone. John Robinson. It's always fun. That doesn't make any sense. Up. They have Kenneth Walker Jr. They yeah, take... he goes to Seattle. Yeah, this doesn't. Quentin Johnson, wide receiver, went to Detroit at eighteen, mm -hmm. so they add to Lamar Jackson's weapons there in Detroit. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, that's pretty much it. So let's see who's up there for the Buffalo Bills. Um. Go ahead. Anyone sticking out for you here? Josh Downs. Josh Downs is on the board. Yep. Josh Downs on the board. Dewan Jones. Scroll down a little bit further. 
uh, Dewan Jones, uh, Mozzie Smith, guy we talked about again. If you mm-hmm. want to get bigger and stronger in the middle and, and play mm-hmm. a little smaller linebacker, that's a guy uh, right there. I think that's a reach. I don't think he's a first round. Well, they have him as second round, right? 34. Uh, scroll down a little bit here. I keep scrolling my screen. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Osiris Torrance, a guard. Uh, he's there. I don't. I think you've upgraded guard enough where you can probably maybe go later for a developmental mm-hmm. guy. Jack Campbell, obviously, he's here. Um, for me, I think right now, based on where we're at with the Bills, I am between Campbell and Downs. Do you want to go wide receiver and fix that that hole and I, see how linebacker plays out for the exercise we, of exercising? Yeah, let's let's switch it up. Um, it certainly makes sense. Out at linebacker. It, it certainly makes sense. We're probably going to strike out a linebacker. So let's retire season. Let's go. Know, draft expert Aaron Quinn agrees with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, and he thinks <sighs> that the Bills could run with the dots inverse Bernard competition. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll get lucky. We'll find a linebacker. But in this exercise, we really like Josh Downs and what he could bring to this team. You talked about the receivers. If they all stayed healthy, that's what you said before the mock. That's yeah. not a guarantee. Stephon Diggs has been pretty healthy for three straight years. He almost got to feel like the laws of gravity, he might miss a couple games. Sure. So let's just take a receiver for this exercise. We'll go yeah. with Josh Downs, wide receiver, North Carolina. You good with that? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I think people, uh, the knock that I've seen from people is that um, the air raid hour put out that this is like a Beasley, and Greg said it too, like Beasley 2.0. I think it's like different than Beasley, but I get the stylistic comparison and like a shifty guy that's like real athletic in small amounts of space that three cone shuttle type dude uh and the bills are missing that and i think what people also see is they see the model of the Bengals, where it's you have two number one wide receivers on the outside and that's the way to do it there's multiple ways to gain production you could have a slot wide receiver the bills did it in 2020 when they had one of the most historic runs on offense with cole beasley in the slot so uh, depending on your offense, depending on your system, this could be a very productive player for you. So I don't mind a guy that's a little undersized that primarily is going to be a slot contributor being a high uh, used asset here. I agree. Look, the Bills, we're taking them, by the way. So yeah. we'll, yeah, we'll run the mock and we'll talk about our, the simulator. We'll talk about the second round in just a second. Look, the Bills need guys who can get more yards after catch. Campbell's gone. Yeah, of course. We knew right. that was going right. to happen. Yeah. While this loads up, there's guys, Campbell, Darnell Washington, Bergeron, who I think 27 is too high, but 59 might be too low. Let's sure. let's look at it. So the Bills are on the clock now. I'll pick 59. Let's scroll up here. Where did Campbell go, by the way? Let's uh, to the Panthers at early, right? Uh, down a little bit. Down, down, down. All right, well, hold on. So right there, 39. The way, 39, he goes to uh, the Carolina Panthers. Drew Sanders, another linebacker, goes 35 to the Indianapolis Colts. That pick would make a lot of sense, seeing that they lost their linebacker to uh, the New York Giants as free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boy, Mozzie Smith, goes 34 to uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. All right, so in this scenario, if we were trying to hope that... People like line- Jalen Hyatt, uh, uh, he's if, gone. Yep, if we like the linebacker, those two linebackers, and we're hoping that one of them will fall to 59, Right. neither neither of them made it to pick 40. Right. Again, and by the way, the third linebacker, Trenton Simpson. So there's gone. three like linebackers. He's gone as well. He goes 41. Wow. So in this mock draft, 35 to 41, all three linebackers are gone. He goes to Tennessee. Terrell Bernard so, season. Yep. So <laughs> John Michael up there. gone. This is the part of the draft that honestly I hate where the Bills are at. <clears throat> if you're going to have a trade up, I think it's 
trade back into the early second or trade up. I, I think there's a sweet spot here in the draft for whether it's getting getting in play for Campbell, whether it's getting in play for John Michael Schmitz, like guys that could cut at make a real impact. If you could walk away um, with mol- get inside uh, that top 40, maybe in that like early 40 range, man, I think you could walk away with two starters this year. They are adding to a good team. I really think going through these mocks and just doing this second one. Now it's really becoming clear to me that in a perfect world, Brandon being could trade down from 27, maybe to the end of the first or very early in the second, get an extra pick or two and then come up from 59. So maybe you pick twice between 30 that's true and almost every year, right? 30 and 50. Yeah, but picking this really, league, like everybody wants it, to trade back. Sure. It yeah. just really feels this this it year does. like yeah. that would be uh the play. All right, so the Bills are on the clock. Right, so we're on the clock. Um we're not Tank gonna look- there. We could have waited uh apparently a little bit on wide receiver. Although he seems Deontay Hardy's signing kind of killed the tank Dell dream for me. Sure. Uh I do like Carl Brooks. Um again, uh I think that he was on our radar last week. Um the edge from Bowling Green. Yep. Yeah, I think he can play inside out uh, a little bit too. Um, he's a bigger dude, and I think he's one of those action types. Maybe uh, let me. I'm looking up his size, but and, and why you do Matthew Bergeron is uh, the tackle that we took last last week in the second round from Syracuse. He's, he's still there. On the board. Yep, he's on the board. Yeah, I'm not taking. Yeah, I'll take Bergeron over. Brooks, I don't even need to look that up. Uh, all right, so Bergeron's there, yeah. Um, it just feels like a good player at a position in, well, we might think it's a position in need. I'm not I, sure Brandon Bean does at this point because I think he's really high on Spencer Brown still. But Keanu Benton would probably be higher than Brooks for me. It would be a legitimate conversation between let's get this guy or Bergeron, and I guess it would depend how true um, – Brandon Bean's words are about Spencer Brown and how he actually feels about Spencer Brown. But I'm going to assume I'm going to be Brandon Bean and I don't feel good about Spencer Brown. So I'm going to go with Bertrand here. All right, let's, let's pull the trigger again. All right, protect so Josh for, Allen. I got to remind myself. That was my Josh ultimate Allen's goal, say, right? You're your hashtag all off season and then you're passing up pretty good offensive tackles in round two. I, I do think the Bills, though, need to draft early on the defensive side of the ball as, as much as people hate that idea and they think we need to give draft capital early on the offense for Josh Allen. There's so many ways to add to the offense. Like I think that story is way or that narrative is way overblown that they haven't added to the offense. And it's cherry picking to say specifically they haven't used first round picks. Um, this defense needs some of that too. They need an injection of youth and not big contracts. I, I couldn't agree more. It's fun. It's sexy to take offensive players early yeah. in mocks every week. But yeah, it would surprise me to see the Bills go defense maybe three of their first four picks right now. Sure. Inject some youth and talent there. All right, so the Bills are on the clock here. Round three, yep. pick 91. I'll scroll up the previous picks. Is there anyone that's really kind of standing out to you here? Uh, here, I got to full screen it because my eyesight is getting terrible, Pat. Tank, uh, Tank Dell went, he went pick 80 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, sure. That's a pretty good value pick there for them. We went tight end here last time, right? Um, yeah, we went, yeah, we took the kid for Michigan last week. All right. So that's round three. So there's nobody that's really, um, that that we've talked about. So let's go down to, uh, best available players. Uh, Somebody drafted Tanner McKee running back just for, if for no other reason, quarterback, quarterback, just so I don't have to see him at the top of this board every round anymore. All right. Um, Carl Brooks still there. there. Take, take that. Um, keep scrolling down here. I love tank Bigsby. Uh, just for the name, 
I feel like he's got to have a great career with that name, right? I think Twitter, I think social media would melt out if the Bills took a running back in the third round. You know, if they oh took the John God, Robinson, yeah. if he slipped down, you might, you know, you'll get a division, you'll get a 50-50 case. You take a, a running back in rounds two or three, I think Bills fans will lose their mind. Um, there's um, the tight end, Luke, Luke Shoemaker. That, uh, Shoemaker, he's yeah. still there. Yep, he's uh, the Michigan tight end. He's still there. Don't know that I love a tight end in third round anymore. Because I, I really would like to move up and get Darnell Washington in the second if this was my mock with trades. Yeah, anyway. let's uh, let's take Carl Brooks. He's a guy that I've I've liked in mocks. Um, I think I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to impress Bills fans a lot, but I think he will give them some versatility in maybe resetting a clock on whether it's Basham or Epinesa, whoever they end up moving on from gives you another developmental guy that maybe you can restart that rookie thing uh, behind. And there's no, no loss here. If this guy isn't a guy that contributes right away on anything other than special teams, I think you're, you still have a deep enough rotation at that back end. What we're looking for in addition of would be somebody to come in like a Justin Houston minimum type contract where he's going to be under that comp pick formula. Sure. That can just give you some third down stuff till Vaughn gets back. But other than that, you're not making huge investments in this. Uh, I don't mind the pick at all. So the uh, the edge rusher from Bowling Green, that's her third round pick. So the Bills will be on the clock here. Round four. Yeah. Pick 130. Uh, let's let's go and see who we got on the board. I don't know. That uh, Voorhees would, would be one again. Tuck. That guard, guy. I, guard you know what? I didn't even, God, I didn't even think about that while we were there. Um, that would have been a pretty good pick. A guard, though, but the last pick, dude. It? If you could tuck him away, because think about this too. Like, um, I like what they've done at guard. They none of those moves are solid for sure. Going to work out. Keep filling that until you hit on the interior offensive line. And the worst case scenario is you have better backups. Sure. Along and at some point, Mitch Morse is going to get. Uh, he's getting up against age. He's going to be out of there. You got to find some uh, rotation that can maybe do both things. I don't know. Bates isn't a sure thing. I, I, I would get better at that position and you don't have to make that decision this year, right? He's not going to play this year. Right. When you get a third, when you get to the third or fourth round, you, you're not necessarily drafting surefire starters. You're drafting sure. quality depth that could develop into starters. And this would be a guy road. that would be talked about in that like early second round. if yeah. not for that injury. So this is like, what kind of value can you get? Assuming that is he recovers from injury, right? Tank Biz, uh, Bigsby, the running back that we just talked about, went pick 106 to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. All right, so now let's take a look at the board here. Scroll down a little bit. Let me know if yeah. you want to look at any positions. Abdullah, Abdullah, that's an edge guy from Louisville. I think we're we too, too stocked up there going with Brooks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're not taking him again. You got some running backs. Cam Jones, uh, I don't know that he's the fit for what this defense is wants for full-time linebacker, but I don't know if you're getting a full-time linebacker back here, but that might be a guy uh, scroll up running back. Uh, Rashawn John Johnson uh, from Texas. Sorry, scroll down a little bit. Uh, the running back there from Texas. He was at the dinner with Brandon B or Bill's front office during when they were at, with dinner with Bijan Robinson. He was also there, uh, which is interesting. Which guy? Oh, Rashawn Johnson. Okay. Rashawn Johnson there from Texas. Uh, just an interesting note that there's been some running backs back here. Uh, Spears was a guy that Taj, Tajay Spears. We just heard that they had a private dinner and workout 
uh, with him as well. He's probably off the board uh, in these mocks, I would think. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not available. No, yeah, no. But that would be a guy. Maybe we should look into a little bit more. It seems like they're actually in on that a little bit. I know that we say that you, every year. They're praying to beans in on that. Can you see them taking a running back though? I, I dude, just, I all I'm my only thing is is what happens if, if they do? If reports are true that they're like taking all these guys out to dinners and having private workouts with these types of guys, um, that's a lot of effort to just blow smoke. And for what gain? Like the, to make the Jets go up and take another running. Like I just don't see the play in over investing in the process of getting to know these guys. You're right. Uh, I just don't see the fit though. I mean, wh- where where does he play? Damian Harris isn't Harris- a lock. Damian Harris is not a roster lock. You can move on. I don't think they're going to, but you can move on from Hines for not much. You can make Hines just a punt return. Like nothing's been given. Like as much as I yeah, like these fair. players, like that's if fair. Tajay Spears hits in the fourth round, like thank you, Naheem, like go return punts. Thanks for the, you know, here's the Super Bowl ring. Let's look, take a quick look here. I want to go to uh interior defensive lineman. Is there any out there you like? Because that could be a position that I think the Bills might address. I mean, we're in the round four. I don't oh. know if any of these guys are. Broderick Martin, but I think we can wait, uh, right? We're at 137. We're pick right yeah, we took We took him in the fifth round last week, and we got a D grade from BFF for that too, by the way. Yeah, no, I like Broderick Martin. I don't think that's a bad <laughs> pick, but uh, go back to the overall board again here. Yeah, right, here sorry. we go. Uh, we're back at all. Scroll down a little bit. Um couple of interior defense alignment are at the top of the overall board right now. Of, I got to uh, look at some of these Turner. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these late defensive round guy, interior guys, I'm going to have to take a little bit deeper of a look at. Let's go Cam Jones here and walk away with a linebacker, um, even if it's a developmental guy. Let's just. All right. We're going to take Cam Jones. It did not swing well for us in this draft. No. Well, All right. I don't know. And let's go get my guy Broderick now. All right, so we're going to go here. We're we're in the fifth round. We don't pick again to 205 (laughs) if I want a guy. Oh, exactly, man. For sure. I'm trying to find him. We got to go right down here. You just scroll up one more. Roger Martin. All right. So on the the audio side, I'll I'll set the stage. We're we're in round five. The Bills got two more picks left. We're at 137. We're going to pick for a second straight week. uh, Interior defensive lineman, Roger Martin from uh western kentucky and now we're going to go on to our last pick here i'm still getting used to by the way the pff draft model not that there's anything wrong with it i was just used to the the draft network over a couple weeks where i can go and check where we're at because honestly i start to forget what players we've even taken at this point right now like in the second round i can't remember i don't think we took patrick bergeron this time did we i don't even remember or matthew bergeron i should say i don't even remember what the hell (laughs) <laughs> I know we didn't take a linebacker, so we had to take one in, in line in round four. I do like Josh Downs on the first round. I think um, he could be a really good player for the Bills. Sorry, I was also looking up. Martin is 6'5", 330. Uh, the linebacker? Broderick Martin. Oh, Broderick Martin. Just oh, for you, those of you like Greg, Greg Thompson, that like he, large human beings, that's, I think that qualifies as a large dude. Look, defensive tackle, before we get to this last pick here, defensive tackle is going to be a position that I, I think they're going to address. They might just run it back this year. There was a, a report, not a report, it was on the transaction wire that Jordan Phillips was visiting the Bills, which I thought is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He's still recovering. He had surgery. He, he probably ends up back. Ed Oliver's not getting traded. They're probably running it back to defensive tackle. However, a bunch of these guys are going to be free agents after this season too. So 
it's a good time to to draft and develop a, a good interior guy. All right, so we're here, sixth round. Uh, we took a safety from from Pitt with the, our last pick last week. Um, mm -hmm. Let's take a look here. Is there anybody? Uh, this is just find a good player that you like, that you think you can develop. Looking for guys, yeah, either uh, practice squad developmental guys here. Um, There's that Ronnie Bell name again that we talked about. Honestly, I just lit up a little bit when I saw him. I got to walk away with another one of these. This might be it. Uh, scroll down a little bit here. Um, Muhammad Abraham, I think I'm butchering his name, would be another guy I would look at here. Um, but did we take? We didn't go running back yet, did we? No, we haven't taken a running back. Puka Nakua uh, would be another one I'm looking at here. But we went Josh Downs, right? That yeah, we took pick. a receiver in the first round. I just don't see a path to a second drafted receiver on this team. Could be wrong, but it would take an injury. But I, I just don't see a path for a second wide receiver to make this team. Let's Not, go with uh, scroll down and go with Muhammad Abraham. Muhammad Abraham, running back, tailback from the University of Minnesota. All right, so this is need a camp body now. at the worst, right? I'm interested to see it again. Who cares about what PFF grades are our draft here? But uh, they should at least maybe give us a little bit better on the first round pick because it wasn't technically a reach, right? We got a D grade for Campbell because they just thought that he was such a reach. Now, although by the way, as a Bills fan, do you would you feel? I personally think that uh, even if they took Campbell on a reach, I'd feel like that's a better grade for the team. Like that's my problem with PFS; they don't know the team. I think I Campbell is a bigger raising of the floor of a position than Downs is. When you Look at um, this. Yeah, B, B, B. Yeah, so, yeah, the gra the grades are, are much better this time. We got an overall draft grade of a B. It's we'll, not I'll a bad draft. I'll read them off in a second, but I will say we didn't take him, but I would feel really good about the Bills taking Jack Campbell in the first round. Go get your middle linebacker for the next five years, and you're done with it. I also think of Sean McDermott being a defensive-minded head coach, whether we like it or not. If, they, if he like, we don't know, but if he sure. likes Jack Campbell – I see it being very difficult for uh, Sean McDermott to not take somebody where I think it's a, a pretty gaping hole. And then again, one last point. If you like those three linebackers, if you don't take them at 27, I think it's a pretty much a lock that you're not getting them at 59, any of them. So you would have to move up in round two. All right, to recap this draft, we took first round 27 overall, Josh Downs, wide receiver from North Carolina. PFF grades a B. Second round for a second straight week, we took offensive tackle, so we did take a tackle again. Matthew Bergeron, a B-plus grade. Third round, uh, defensive edge, Kyle Brooks from Bowling Green, a B-plus grade. Best grade, actually, of anyone we've taken. Uh, the fourth round, Cam Jones, linebacker from Indiana. I'm going to go do a little bit of studying about him this week now. C-plus grade from PFF. Uh, fifth round for a second straight week, we took interior defensive lineman, Roderick Martin from Western Kentucky. PFF does not like him does for whatever reason. Like a D grade. And then in the last round, we took a flyer on a running back, Mohammed Abraham um, from Minnesota. And they gave us a C for that. A B overall. Oh, what do you think? What do you think you look at this draft right now? Not, you there, buddy? 
All right, well, at least Aaron Quinn's, uh, at least the audio went out on him at the very end of this podcast. Again, Josh Downs, Matthew Bergeron, Carl Brooks, Cam Jones, Roderick Martin, and uh, Wahabit Abraham, the running back from Minnesota. I lost Aaron. It's the end of the podcast anyway, so I thank him for doing the show. Thank all of you for listening, and I will be back. I have an episode in Imperial Live Series doing that live stream 8 p.m. on Thursday night. And then, of course, as always, on Tuesdays, Joe Yurden's with me. And then on Wednesdays, Aaron Quinn will be doing a third mock trap next week, and that will have trades included. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, I'll see you again on Friday. Take care.